Hello, this is Tom Pacello, the ROI guy, and welcome to the Evolvers podcast. My guest today is Greg Nichols. He's currently the global head of value engineering at Citrix. And those of you who don't know Citrix, they're a leading server application and desktop virtualization networking and cloud computing company. Greg, he's a value selling and sales enablement expert, and he's got prior leadership experience at BlueJeans Network, uh, Autodesk, PTC, and also Siemens PLM. And uh, welcome, Greg. Hey, thanks, Tom. I'm glad I finally got a chance to be on the podcast. Awesome, and great to have you here. So you recently joined Citrix as their global head of value engineering. Tell, tell me a little bit about the group and this new position for you. Yeah, so value engineering is a pre-sales group at Citrix, part of the global sales organization. And I would say that our mission, our focus, is to help customers identify, quantify, and validate the impact that Citrix technology has on their business goals. So we want to make our technology as relevant to getting their business outcomes as possible. Mm-hmm. In the past, uh, I'd say Citrix has been really successful as an infrastructure company and working with IT groups and been very good at that. But uh, with the new products, new marketing message, you now we want to reach out to the end users with our workspace products and others that really help uh, move the business forward. So value engineering was needed to do that, right? We're elevating our marketing mm-hmm. message. There's new products out there. And so there is a new sales capability. So that is really why value engineering exists. And uh, I can tell you more about the team. Uh, coincidentally, yeah. how many people are on it? Yeah. So build it from the ground up, building it from the ground up. So going to be a global team. And in my experience at, uh, or I've done this two, three other times, company the size of Citrix could grow a team like this to about 40 people in the next few years. Wow. Yeah, so that's a lot of growth and, uh, and, and you've set up kind of a two year time frame for that or are you, are you planning on adding those resources sooner, later? I think that'll happen over, let's say three and a half years. I think mm-hmm. just uh, you know, maturing a program like this, uh, you'll be able to roll it out uh, quickly. I'll be able to roll it out quickly, I hope. With the uh, you know, strategic enterprise accounts, we can work very closely. But uh, to scale it, to try to uh, get the deliverables as standard, to make the value selling method standard, uh, that's going to take a, a longer time. We're going to have to be kind of creative in how we scale that. Absolutely. So who are you reporting into? Is this part of the sales function? Is it part of product marketing? Where, it is. where is the leadership? Part of the sales function. And... Uh, you know, Citrix calls that customer success, but uh, yes, we do report to the SVP of sales. Awesome. And is it more on the customer success side or is it more on kind of new customer acquisition? Where is where is that falling? Yeah, it's funny how we do that. Uh, we're very focused on customer success, like every cloud subscription vendor really should be, keep that revenue stream stable over the years, but uh, we're focused on new business. So uh, possibly, of course, expanding the customers we have. Quite a few customers at Citrix, lots of virtualization infrastructure customers. So there is a base, of course, to sell the new workspace products, the new end-user products. But uh, we really want to go after uh, markets that are much bigger than our previous market. So a lot of new business we want to focus on. Gotcha. So when we had the chance to catch up recently, you mentioned you had a specific set 
of driving principles you've established for the group. And I thought those would be very helpful if you could uh, share them for anyone really establishing a value team. So tell us about the driving principles you have for. Yeah, I think, I think you're group. talking about the, yeah, the value realization kind of talk we had, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so to sum that up, I'd say that um, driving principles that we can best ensure success for the customers and ourselves if we share a value realization framework that we're both using and working together to get the, uh, the benefits that we find when we do our discovery. So, you know, our customers are spending a good amount of money. They need to make sure that the technology is going to deliver value. So of course we work a lot on what value we think it's going to deliver. Uh, and we want that to be successful or else they're not going to continue to subscribe year after year. So what we're doing is trying to arm our customer success managers uh, that are responsible for making sure that the renewals happen on our side and the customers are successful on their side, trying to arm them to understand exactly what does make each customer successful in which account. So often we find that uh, these CSMs are kind of at the mercy of whatever sales team they're serving and the process isn't really the same. They don't all get the same information about the customers and what they're trying to accomplish. So I'd like value engineering to standardize that, kind of a, mm -hmm. a two-prong approach. We, of course, we build a business case. Of course, when we're looking for you know, new opportunities, uh, we want to help the customer understand exactly what we're going to do for them. But we want to turn that business case into what I'm calling a value realization dashboard. So they often ask, you know, if I believe the benefits and these are all great, you know, when will I get them? So just show it to me. Show me on the timeline. Show me when I'm rolling out, you know, what functions, what capabilities, what users, you know, what am I going to get? So that's what we build. We build uh, a spreadsheet and a presentation that shows them as users adopt in each group, you know, what functions they're using, uh, the business cases that are relevant and what dollar value they're going to get, you know, as these users come on board. So that is the first part. We all are looking at the same dashboard and we get an idea of, you know, as the implementation happens, where the value is coming from. But there's a <laughs> second part. Um, and this is the part I think we talked about, Tom. There's a blind side we have as a vendor that we can't always see what's going on with the customer yep. and what they're doing. So we want to make them sure uh, that they know what an adopted user is when a successful user you know, looks like. And we give them a checklist. We give them a six-point checklist that they can follow. And it's really, it's really these six things. That the user's trained in the tech, that they have access to it. It's deployed to them, right? They're using it in the new process. They're producing their work in it. And this is where we really start, can't see this, right? We can't see how much work they're actually producing in the new tech. They're not producing work in the old process or anything they replaced. And they've actually decommissioned that old process so it's not available. So we tell them if they're not doing these six things, they're probably not getting the full value. Yep. Found yep. so and then really you're able to then kind of project the value, like if they are that by or the the user that's meeting all of those checklist criteria here's the value ultimately that that yes. person should expect to be delivering yep yes there's every opportunity that they're going to get all the value and more if they do those things yes awesome so getting off to a good start i know when you you kind of took over the group and you created the the new program what was one of the first elements that you sought out to address what were the what were the things you did first second and third yeah so i uh I'm always kind of uh, telling myself that progress is more important than perfection, right? Because we can plan everything out for months and make sure it's perfect and start very small from the ground up. Uh, we didn't do that here. We had a big announcement at our sales summit 
you know, in January that this was available. And yes, there was a set of criteria to get value engineering help on your accounts, but everybody heard about it at once. So I had to figure out, um, you know, what we could do for the sales team right out of the gate, what actions we could take, what tangible deliverables we could produce for them and exactly what benefit, you know, we'd have for them because, you know, everybody wants to know what's in it for me. So that's the first thing I did. I figured out, you know, beginning, middle and end of the sales process, what were the uh, deliverables that were going to help sales answer the big three questions? Why change? Why change now? Why change with Citrix? So I settled on what I'm calling uh, insights, discovery, and realization. Just one deliverable each. I already kind of mentioned the value realization dashboard at the end to make sure the, uh, you know, answer the why Citrix question, make sure the customers are getting value, make sure we're accountable to each other. Uh, in the middle, we added to our current discovery process. So we have lots of technical resources. We do our technical discovery, but we also want to do our business value discovery. We want to look at workflows, personas, areas of opportunity, and all that strategic connections that those uh, workflows are trying to enable. So we want to have that logic built in. So we added that, and that's how we can build our business cases. And then I think the most interesting thing we did is we developed some things we could give them up front. So we've got some marketing messaging, of course, that they have access to, but they want to make that message real for each of their individual customers and opportunities. So we do one and two pagers, sometimes 30 page documents, but those take a little longer to bring that marketing message of employee experience and improved business uh, productivity to each of the customers, whether they're in healthcare or finance, you know, who they are persona-wise, what functional areas they're in. So that piece has gained a lot of uh, visibility, right? How does a salesperson start the opportunity? And that's what the insights are all about. So yeah, Tom, that's what I did. Figured out, you know, what insights, discovery, and realization liberals I could create. Uh, interacting with a sales team even before I had them completely done mm -hmm. right? because I wanted to know what they thought if uh, that was the right thing. That's awesome. And and so they're starting to engage with you in the group now, I assume, and uh, you're not fully staffed to support right. it yet, maybe <laughs> completely. So are you, is it every deal are you getting involved in or are there ways that you're kind of enabling sales to do some of this on their own self-service? Yeah, there is a self-service element. Um, it's pretty rudimentary. It's the total cost of ownership calculators that existed before I got here, and that's mm -hmm. kind of all they can do. Uh, they can't really look at, uh, you know, cost avoidance. They can't look at revenue acceleration. They can't look at strategic benefits. But if it's, uh, you know, kind of average to small, smaller size account, we can do that pretty quickly. What I want to be able to do uh, with that team, a couple people that are on that team, is to be able to up-level what they're doing, connect them to the insights that we want to create. So their, you know, their deliverables can remain quick, but yet a bit more valuable. Kind of that's the bottom-up disruption we're trying to make happen. Yep. Uh, and then we'll keep adding people to the top that are handling the big accounts and keep kind of making those insights and those uh, templates. Now, hiring and scaling that group is probably more difficult than ever, right? It's not like you know what value consultants on, on every corner. <laughs> it is more difficult than ever and uh, more difficult than it has been in the past. So that was a surprise to me. Everything here about peak employment does seem to be true. Yes. And uh, in the, we have the added challenge of trying to um, hire the team around the world at the same time. So not everybody has the same skill sets and they don't sell the same way. The ge geographies really are different in where that uh, value expertise resides. Some of it's more technical, some of it's more business. You know, it's more business in America. It's far more technical in Asia. Yep. So we just kind of have to find the right mix. So far, you know, right now, after doing it for about a month and a half, uh, 
I'm starting to find all the people that I want, but it did take a while and it took, you know, I won't say a Herculean effort, but really it, uh, to get that message out there and get some external recruiters involved. And it did take that, you know, my own network, uh, your network as well, Tom. So yeah, it, uh, it really is kind of tough. Yeah, because there aren't, I mean, there are definitely folks with those titles out there now. Um, but, you know, when you're selling a product like Citrix, which is a cloud solution, you know, you do have to have some technical chops. So there's a technical expertise. There has to be that business analyst kind of acumen as well. And, um, and then hopefully some experience in the area too. And it's, it's difficult, I think, to find folks who have all three of those elements, uh, some experience, the technology background, and then also the business background to kind of make it work. Um, are there certain criteria that you look for more than others in across those dimensions? Like what is, what is the perfect profile for you of kind of who you're looking for to add to the team? Yeah, I get, I get asked that a lot. And my quick answer is someone with a technical degree, a business degree and sales experience. But you know yeah. what? You don't have to have degrees or experience as long, you know, all if you've got some experience uh, in the field working in advisory and management, but you came out of a, you know, software company or services, uh, area technical services, that works. But I'm looking for that balance of people that are uh, comfortable in front of the customer, comfortable talking about the business outcomes the customer's trying to generate. And of course, the way we do that is through technology. So they've got to feel like they at least have enough of a handle on the capabilities that are connected uh, to those outcomes. So sales, technical and business were the thing yeah, that I heard in balancing definitely. those. Yeah, definitely take some experience for people to feel like they can handle those three and be confident uh, at the levels of the people that we're trying to talk to and the customers. Yeah. So you've launched the program, albeit not too long ago since sales kickoff wasn't that far right. uh, from where we are talking today. What's been the reception so far at Citrix? Or is everyone banging down your door to get uh, you engaged in these deliverables? And then have you kind of been able to document some of the value and some of the impact that you've been able to deliver, even though it's been a short amount of time? I have, and that's been good. Um, yeah, because it was announced so publicly, the reception of everyone who's asking for more information is, uh, is daily, right? I have those conversations every day, which is great. And then I kind of building up that pipeline of mostly uh, business value assessments, mostly that discovery piece I'm looking at. There is a lot of uh, kind of clamoring for the insights, but those are not quite as quick. And we got to figure out exactly, you know, which ones we want to make, you know, making a one or two pager that really hits home is not as easy as you think. So we often start with our 30 page document and go, okay, which part of this, uh, which part of this is really resonating with sales and the customer? And let's, let's focus on that. So yes, we've had some success uh, right out of the gate in a value realization or two assessment, which is great. So I've taken our current customers and said, okay, how can we help them right now uh, understand what value they're getting into the software and you know, set them up for success in the future. So we've been able to do that right out of the gate. And then the new business, um, you know, I've got it templatized. I know what I'm looking for, I know what technology, what uh, the key customers are gonna be. And I've gone out uh, with salespeople and presented you know, to the initial set of about a dozen customers and I think those will probably fall any time now, but uh, so that critical mass is really starting to happen. And good news is I'll probably be bringing on a few people this week uh, to help with that critical mass. And that's great. Awesome. So the timing will, it's, it's very much a just in time, you know, kind of program at this point. Yeah. How are you proving the value back to the organization? So how you're moving the lever and, and driving business outcomes? Is that, do you have a good way to measure that today and kind of what are you planning on implementing so that 
you know, when an executive asks you, okay, what, what have you delivered right. business-wise, uh, you know, Greg in it, um, that you've got a number that you can give to them? Yeah. Um, so I've done a kind of a beginning, middle, and end here. So starting with the end in mind, we want to be able to go into the CRM and say all the opportunities that value engineering was engaged upon, mm -hmm. uh, we can compare them to the average and they won more often, they were larger, and they're following businesses faster. Awesome. So that correlation to elevated performance on where you're engaged versus where you're not. Exactly. So that's the end in mind. Uh, the middle, I'm pretty sure, will be surveys to salespeople. You know, mm -hmm. did value engineering uh, make you more successful, more relevant to the customer, better position you over competitor, give us a, you know, one to five rating. So hopefully a yep. leading indicator that we're going to see that in the CRM three months, six months from now. Yep. Um, and right up front, Tom, I would have to say they just believed me when I said, Hey, uh, if we have better customer insights that uh, link to what they're trying to accomplish strategically to our tech, that's going to set us up to win more often. If we have better discovery that mm -hmm. gets us from it to line of business, that's going to grow the deal. And if we have, better realization that they understand how they're getting value, that's going to shorten the following sales cycle. Awesome. So I, uh, I wanted a logical argument. Let's see if I can win the, you know. In yeah. <laughs> so in the beginning, kind of measuring that you're being engaged and those requests yeah. are there so that people are perceiving it as value add, then you're actually getting kind of the sentiment on that value with some that's qualitative right. analysis. And then when, you know, you have enough um, deals that have gone through that, cycle, you're able to actually use the CRM to measure the correlation between deals you're engaged in versus ones you're not and the typical performance metrics of time to close, deal size, um, and win rate. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I great. hope so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's a great progression and I think it's one that, um, you know, we've seen it at a few programs helped to implement it at a few others, but I think it's a good roadmap for those to follow. And, uh, you know, I think part of it is, is that you will be tasked and you're expecting to be tasked that there is real value being delivered and proactively getting ahead of that with some of this thought of uh, this three-step process of proving your value back to the organization, I think is key. Yeah, they'll, uh, you know, they also expect to know how many accounts a value engineer can handle mm -hmm. active and, you know, in the background building up, you know, what kind of references they can generate. So I've had to make some estimates around that from my past experience, uh, that it very much depends on, you know, where the customers are in their search, where our salespeople are in the way that they sell, and, you know, how well we work with the rest of our organization, pre-sales uh, SEs, our CSMs. So yep. we've got work to do. But uh, sales enablement here is well on top of that as well. Work with them as well. And I see that as a place for us to expand in the future. It's kind of a balance, I think, in, uh, you know, uh, helping immediately, doing what you can as a VE, and then, of course, preparing the rest of the organization to scale out, as we started mm -hmm. talking about before, what, uh, what sales enablement can you do that impacts hundreds of salespeople rather than the win the deal right now. We've got to make that um, transition eventually. Mm -hmm. But I think that's a year and a half down the road, maybe sooner. That's kind yeah. of And I have seen organizations do that too. You know, some uh, they'll hire maybe one sales enablement person and say, okay, you know, build a program and scale this out right away. And, and I do think that it does take a little bit of time to gain that field experience, to build the models, to test the models, to build out some of the tooling that the value engineers can use before you're able to effectively know how to scale it. Yeah. Um, 
to be a, a, a working and an effective self-service model. So I think you're, you're spot on on your progression. Now you mentioned sales enablement. Um, you were not a value engineer originally, or it might've been part of your role, but it wasn't yeah. exclusive, right? You were much more um, what one would consider more formal uh, or broader sales enablement. And you decided to kind of re refocus or focus more on the value engineering piece. Tell, tell us a little bit about that decision and um, why you kind of made that shift. Yeah, I'd say uh, early on, uh, you know, as a, as an engineer and a consulting services team, I started to do a lot of what would later become value engineering work, but it was uh, not so structured, right? We would get on some big accounts and then spend a lot of time on them mm -hmm. and then figure out, oh boy, look what we did. We, uh, we did a bunch of uh, competitive analysis and we understood the industry and all that kind of great mm -hmm. stuff. Some justification, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, exactly. it later be and it became a lot about enabling sales and, and uh, you know, when we weren't directed with customers about sales enablement. Um, and I went back and forth, I think, over my career between, um, I'll call it business consulting, value engineering, sales, strategic marketing, sales enablement, and training. Uh, and I've kind of just coalesced in the last few years to say, you know what, uh, seems to touch on uh, all these things. It is, it is value engineering. It really gets to be customer focused. It gets to work with sales. We get to work with product go to market. We get to work with sales enablement. We really get to do everything. And uh, that's kind of who I am. I kind of want to touch everything and not be too pigeonholed. So although I loved sales enablement and figuring out what the best approach is for the customers to prepare the salespeople, I didn't want to take myself out of it so much. So I think that's why I've really kind of come back to what's now become value engineering, you know, from like early consulting days. Sales enablement was great, loved it, thought uh, this is, uh, I'm really helping a lot of people but you know what? I don't get to I don't get to do it myself as much. So that's really what brought me back. And so if I can do that and then get other people uh, up to speed and make them successful, it's really the next stage for me. Yeah, I think that being able to you know predict and prove value delivery is so key to every business. And like you said, when you're in sales enablement, it can tend to be a little bit back office function. Sure. And that's so being able to yeah exactly and being able to get as a value engineer and be able to deliver the, you know, the, the engagements yourself, as well as being able to scale, I think is, is a fun part of the job. Uh, yes. You get to have all that strategic piece of uh, understanding, uh, you know, where the company wants to go and what you're going to do in the sales process. And you have to do it right. The sales name of piece, you get the fun of figuring that out and, and put in place. But here I also get to do it and I like to do it. And then the challenge will be that uh, we bring on new value engineers and make them successful while still being in the organization, still being responsible for all of them. Uh, feels like the right place for me. Feels like it has the right uh, strategic focus, the right development of sales strategy and the right execution. Awesome. What's the one piece of advice you'd like to leave the audience with today? Uh, yeah, I think I go back to that progress over perfection. You know, once you know the next step, just do it. Don't wait until you've got five or six steps worked out. You know, I know we talk about being strategic all the time, but, uh, you know, you don't get the chance to be that strategic trusted partner unless the customer or the salesperson has seen you prove that you can execute. So you really do have to do that first. So progress over perfection. Uh, do what you can, when you can. Act before you think you're ready. You know, you're really, you're, with the experience we all have, you're smarter than you think you are. 
you know, you can step out there, put your foot out there and the next step will, will fall on solid ground. So, uh, you know, remember that sales really is a competition and first movers often win. So yeah, progress over perfection. Awesome. How can folks reach out to you online? LinkedIn, of course. Um, I'm that pretty regular. Uh, I've still got my software sales blog out there. Probably need to update that with some articles. Those are some, uh, probably the two places. Awesome, Greg. Thank you so much for participating today and giving us some lessons learned from your creation of a new value engineering program at Citrix. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it.